Hello everybody, welcome to uh, Thumbs Up or Down, You Decide, I'm Eric Terpel. And Melissa Leach. And joining off in the background is Maya Taylor. Hey. And today we are going to be discussing one of the earliest comic book adaptations, The Rocketeer. Oh, comic book adaptations? Yes, and uh, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but first let me go over the plot of it. Uh, the story of The Rocketeer is... Uh, is it's about Cliff Secord, uh, a, a star stunt pilot who ends up fighting a finding a jetpack. Later on, you discover that the item is part of a plot by a secret organization. Considering the time period, we kind of know who it is going to be. So, yeah. So I guess to start off things, um, how were you first introduced to the film? Honestly, by you telling me to uh, watch it, um, mm -hmm. but I did was introduced to it a little bit early from when I had to write a research paper about the film editor, Arthur Schmidt. They had a little tribute to him at some kind of convention, and one of the things that they actually did was do a montage of all the films that he had edited. Mm -hmm. One of them being um, Back to the Future, another one being... Who I framed Roger? I uh, yeah, who framed Roger Rabbit? Was yeah. The other one. I was I was about to say Peter Rabbit. I was like, no, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> You're not my father. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, he did, he did quite a lot of films. Actually, he uh, even edited together um, possibly Forrest Gump, but I think I know he also did another one with Tom Hanks in it. Um, I think it was um, Castaway. Yeah, Castaway. Mm. I was about to say Overboard for a second. I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> I think um, Overboard is the Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know what I'm or, no, 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 no that, that, that's with Goldie Hawn and Kurt That's Russell. right. I, uh, why, why, why did I think? Uh, I'm probably thinking of a different title uh, of his first movie. And during this montage, one of the clips they actually included was a specific scene that I recognized from The Rocketeer. I never actually knew what the name of the movie was called since I'd never heard of the movie prior, but I did see notice the clip that they included into it um, that he edited together. So that was kind of the earliest introduction I had to this film. Saw a clip, never knew what the movie was actually called, and then um, watched it really very, very recently for the first time on Disney Plus myself. So. Yeah, same for me, is that even though I had family who constantly talked about this, uh, like my mom, uh, like I think she was one of the people who really like, first told me about it, yeah, I finally got around to watching this like recently myself for the first time, and um, one of the things that definitely caught me was Joe Johnson as the director, because like, he had you know, later on directed the first Captain America film, but uh, it's like, you could definitely get an influence of a lot of other comic book movies even before they were made, because, like, this came out in, like, 1991, so it's, like, this is two years after the first Tim Burton Batman movie had just hit theaters, so that was still fresh in people's mind, and I believe a year after Dick Tracy came out, which, uh, funny enough, I actually was reminded of when I was watching the movie with a certain character. Um, mm. There are a lot of things about it that, while I can definitely say it's not my favorite comic book movie, uh, I... Because to be honest, I don't know much about the comics, so I can't really go much into detail about it. Mm -hmm. But for what it was able to accomplish, like what it could set the bar for, it's like it's pretty impressive to. But even watching it today, it's like the effects. Like it, even though I can still tell some of the green screen in some parts, it's like it still looks really good. 
actually that was one of the things that I actually thought, especially at the beginning of the film when we're watching like the plane scene, stuff like that all I thought was how much this would have actually cost way back when given when this film was released. When I think of Disney, I think of like animation. I don't really think of like actual um real people as I call them movies. Hmm. Disney actually has people? <laughs> oh my god, they are one of us. <laughs> I don't know how much of a difference it takes to actually make an animated film compared to a live-action film, which is really what I meant to say. It's the human people film. That's <laughs> what so I used to call them when I was a, a kid because I didn't know there was a term of a live-action film. I didn't know that was actually the term for them. But um, It kind uh, of depends on what, you're do and what genre you're doing. One thing I was actually curious about with this film is, for one thing, if some of this was green screen because I don't actually know when green screen back at the time was even invented. Don't exactly know the, the, the timeline of when it actually came out, so I wasn't exactly entirely sure. I want to make a guess that green screen, or at least blue screen, whatever preference it was like at the time, it's like, I want to imagine it was done, or at least started like maybe in the 60s, maybe? Because I remember it's a mad, 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 mad world, like something as far back as that, like mm -hmm. maybe earlier. I know green screen was definitely around by the time of the late uh, 70s with the first Superman movie. Okay. With all the inventions with film and stuff like that, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. film's come definitely a long way, but the time that, that this film was released, um, I still am a little bit uneducated with how much advancement film had, especially with Disney. Because mm -hmm. one thing I do know about Disney was that he was very much an innovator and he was on, always looking at new things when it came to technology and animation and stuff like that so i wasn't entirely sure how much of this film especially with the plane scenes were green screen or if it even was green screen and how much of it was actually filmed if the him in, in flying the plane actually in the sky was green screen or if that was actually them if they had found some way to actually film all those scenes uh if they cast a Tom Cruise at the time, he would have been bragging about this all about it in his interviews. Oh, probably. But, <laughs> yeah, but... you see me flying in the air? That's me. I actually had to make a, my own jetpack. <laughs> dear, dear God, okay. <laughs> it was impressive, to say the least, because like I said, at the time, you, mm -hmm. don't, you don't really know what kind of advancements that they had. You don't know what the budget was for certain films. Yeah, so, and uh, yeah. I'm reading over here on uh, Box Office Mojo. The budget was, it's fairly low by today's standards, like $35 million, but it's like, by back then, it's like, that was like a third of what Jurassic Park cost. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, also considering it's like, this was also a year before Terminator 2 came out. It's like, we definitely knew like a, a certain point in which technology had hit that point and mm, like where we okay. can use CGI to that level. So yeah, it was just, overall, a lot of the scenes were very, very impressive. Even, I mean, like I said, it wasn't even just with the, the, the flying of the planes at the beginning. It was also near the end with certain scenes with um, the surprise attack near the end and stuff like that. It was it was kind of, you weren't sure if they were using green screen or if it actually was filmed and what the technique were, techniques were filmed with. Because I do know that, that there are definitely ways of being very, very sneaky with, with effects and stuff like that without even using high technology. I know J.J. Abrams is one of them who, who, mm -hmm. who tends to ch find very, very tricky ways of uh, using special effects without using high technology. So just, Yeah, he'll just, just distract you with a bunch of flares. So, but, You're not noticing it. But, You're not noticing it. Blair. 
but yeah, so it was uh, it interesting to say the least when you're looking at this from a filmmaking standpoint of how how exactly they actually used to film this because there's another film that quite frankly I'm assuming much older than this film when it came out they had to get very very creative with their filmmaking techniques and stuff like that and given when the film was made it was quite impressive how they actually pulled off the stuff especially since the film I'm speaking about is could technically be considered fantasy slash like time travel movie it's just it's always interesting when you're seeing older films with with uh, certain storylines like that or certain things that you think would cost a lot of money to see actually how exactly it is that they did it and stuff like that and and to see if it would have cost a lot if it was green screen how they uh, they, they managed to do it and all that stuff so I was impressed even 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 though I can honestly say it's not my favorite Disney film that I've ever watched. Yeah, and uh, there there are a few moments where I can tell it's like, you know, I probably would have done things to, like, make it a little bit more gripping, or maybe I felt like one thing was a little bit unnecessary. Like, uh, the first scene where he's trying to, like, uh, save his buddy from the planet, he's, like, first uh, donning the guise of the Rocketeer. You know, it's like he has a couple moments of, like, stumbling off the plane and then trying to, oops, backing up to get back and save the day it's like they do that a couple times the first time around and like i mean i get it they're trying to show that he's getting used to it but it's like i think the first time was enough i was put off with the romance scenes between her and his girl because i'm sorry eyebrows (laughs) i couldn't get over you were distracted by jennifer connelly's eyebrows still the entire time all i kept thinking was damn that is a unibrow (laughs) i was distracted completely I was like, you couldn't have just tweezed a little? Apparently not. I'm sorry, it was really distracting me. I'm like, yeah. girl, girl, you definitely have Groucho Marx eyebrows right now. Like, <laughs> goddamn. That's the same I feel about Will Poulter. It's like, I just know him as Eyebrows Kid from We're the Millers. Uh, I always remember him from uh, the little, uh, from Cousin Eunice from, um, or Eustace or something like that from uh, Chronicles of Narnia. He played the, 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 the siblings, uh, cousin in in that's right i forgot he was in that yeah. yep i i definitely didn't care for the romance film scenes in this because it just i i was distracted yeah i i will admit that it, that is one of the weaker points is that the romance definitely feels uh a very cliche and uh, i don't know a forced. bit yeah forced that's what i'm looking for and uh it is early disney it's like uh, or at least Disney before they really got their footing with, like, uh, in the new millennium. Because, like, you know, this is just, like, right after, like, Little Mermaid and Rescuers had just, like... It, no, it wasn't a bad movie. It's just that it was, didn't meet the expectations that Little Mermaid had, so... There wasn't a lot of chemistry between the actors. It kind of felt like... Romantic chemistry. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like they were forced together with their relationship. Even, even, even it just, like I said, their, their relationship felt very very forced and after watching the french version of the birdcage in the original version i've realized the important how important chemistry is in a film that film literally taught me how important it is and admittedly there's just there's not a whole lot of chemistry between them in this film yeah i do have to admit that it's that as much as you do enjoy like bill campbell and jennifer connelly it's like they don't really they don't really have much material to work with. Like, them trying to be a little quirky, like him visiting her uh, her at work and ruining the scene at one point, which I get a bit, I, I, that still made me laugh, but I'm just thinking to myself, like, why did you do that? I think 
part of the reason why this is definitely not one of my favorite films is because of how much this movie really reminded me of other films. Mm-hmm. It was like, it seemed like it was just borrowed material. I mean, to be fair, that's not a bad thing, but it's like, it just, for me, it's like... In, in my eyes, it was too much borrowed material because yeah. it, it when easily, when I'm reminded of at least four different movies in within like the first... Mm-hmm. God knows how many minutes of the movie that kind of puts me off because I'm like this is literally I I had God knows how many movies coming up just within the first twenty minutes alone. Yeah, and I can understand him that point because uh, I'm the same way with uh, thinking of how it also led to like other films later on after its release. You know, it took influence from that I was reminded of like you know Captain America, uh, some bits of Spider Man in there just with like the smart alecky remarks that Top uh, Gun. Top Gun, that's another one, because he's a pilot, uh, which is uh, interesting, because I also wrote that uh, he's a bit of a Hal Jordan type, which... Uh, during one scene, I was I was literally, I felt like I was watching a scene from possibly either The Godfather, or even um, one of the, mo- the Mafia movies, because um, there was a certain scene with, with um, the guy that was trying to get the woman who, who was really seducing... Her, the guy that was part of the evil organization. Timothy Dalton. There was a certain scene where he was talking to like three mafia looking dudes to try mm-hmm. and, and, and get this rocket. Um, and during the scene, it literally just felt like. Oh, is it the beginning scene where he's introduced? Uh, it was when. Or is it right after. Um, is it right at the restaurant where he said talking to the boss? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. I just know that there was this particular scene where I, I know it was in the there it was in the beginning of the film. I actually it was, I know it was also before the scene where the guy ends up going on the film set ruining the whole thing. I just know it was also after Howard Hughes' character uh, destroys the plans for the rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it is the first scene with uh, Timothy Dalton as it, Neville it, I mean, it could it could have been. Um, Did he have a sword? Yes. Then yeah, I'm right. That's the first. It's his first scene. Yeah, it was. It just. It felt very. Um, it's a rocket. Godfather slash. Uh, what's another freaking mafia? Uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yes. That's that. That's what. It, it, see, I was like, why is this like? Does it feel like Italian mafia mm. stuff combined into it? Um, that and as I as I told you and and you laughed at prior even even after I should have seen the Flintstones. Ironically enough. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while to realize what you're talking about, but yeah, the looks like it could be something out of the Flintstones movie. There was a certain scene where they're eating at a restaurant, and the restaurant that they're eating at is a gigantic, huge dog. (laughs) And the dog's leg has different things that they sell at this restaurant written on it in paint. And literally, the dog's leg looks like it could be made out of rock. And I'm like, why am I literally thinking of the Flintstones when I see this? Because it looked like one of the houses that they were living in the Flintstones movie. You keep on expecting them to bring out those huge uh, racks of ribs to somebody's car. Or like, literally you're thinking that you're about to see a car made out of rock. (laughs) That they have to literally power using their feet. (laughs) Eh, don't worry. Eh, don't worry. Humans will get to horsepower someday. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that a lot of things are borrowed, but it just seemed like there was too much influence of other films creating this one, and it was, it just, it was a 
bit of a put-off for me, especially for Disney. Uh, that's understandable. I mean, because, like I said, it was, like, it was still, like, in that period where they're still, like, they had just, like, gotten a bit of success and they're now just, like, trying to see what sticks and keep their feet above ground. Uh, it definitely also has, like, influences of Iron Man, especially, because... Mm. Yeah, oh, you, yeah. I mean, how could I, you not I, yeah. with the idea of a metal man flying yeah. through the sky oh, and so yeah. forth? But I thought I, I thought that as well. I just, like I said, it was... It, was, it, it was also came to me with, uh, with the character of Howard Hughes, played by Terry O'Quinn in this movie. I mean, Howard, Howard Hughes was the inspiration for uh, Tony Stark's father, Howard mm. Stark. Because Timothy, because uh, Terry O'Quinn looked a little similar to the guy, because uh, I uh, to the guy who played Howard Stark uh, as an adult. Because I just recently watched Avengers Endgame, so it's like that was still fresh in my memory. So, uh, but I did double check, uh, check and I wasn't, I, I wasn't right. You're gonna laugh at this, but and I don't even know. I, I'm pretty sure this is a Disney movie, but I'm surprised that they actually didn't. But I'm like, I'm I'm almost shocked that they didn't call it Rocket Man. Um. You see what I'm saying? Because I don't know if Rocket Man actually came out before or after this film did. Wait, starring Harlan Williams? Harlan Williams. Is the uh, I got the Wikipedia page up. It's... Yeah. I mean, I understand. That is that is Disney. That is a Disney yeah. film. Yeah. 1997. When did the Rocketeer come out? 1991. Same year as Beauty and the Beast. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, if that's the case, I'm surprised that they didn't call him Rocket Man instead of Rocketeer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen. Because technically, it would have, it would have made sense if they called him Rocket Man. Well, they did acknowledge it. They acknowledged it's like, ah, oh, don't call him Rocket Man. It's like, what about Rocket Boy? Ah, oh, it's dumber. <laughs> Yeah, see, I, 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 just, I don't know. Rocketeer sounds cool. And 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 then I, just, I know I'm, just, I'm not saying it. I'm surprised that they didn't go with that name. Mm. But the fact that they, and I'm wondering if the reason why they didn't go with it is because maybe he had it under his his sleeve to create Rocket Man years later. I was wondering if if he didn't want to borrow the, the name Rocket Man because of that movie created. I bet now Harlan Williams is now screaming it up and John. It's like, why'd you make your biopic after my movie? <laughs> Although now that I think about it, it's like considering Elton John was working with The Lion King at the time, it's like I'm surprised they didn't actually get the didn't ask him if they could use the rights to that song. Mm. Definitely a good who's who of who it is, but it's like also just like checking out who's uh, later on linked to comic book movies later on because like you know as we said uh, Jennifer Connelly like she later on went to do you know the oh Angley Hulk movie which uh, nobody liked at all and. <laughs> Well, luckily for her, she ended up uh, playing, I believe it was, let me see. Uh... Well, that, and she's also been in quite a few other films as well when it comes to, um, was she in the book, or the, the not book, uh, movie? She um... was Karen in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, that was it. Was she the one who played the wife in Inkheart? Uh, yes, she was. She was also in uh, Alita Battle Angel as well. I really loved. Well, she also was in the movie uh, He's Just Not That Into You. I mean, she's definitely had one hell of a career. Right, but I mean, like, uh, specifically with comic book movies, like, that mm. is what caught me as, like, and even Joe Johnston and, uh, oh, Timothy Dalton, that was it. Uh, he, uh, I looked at, he had previously was, uh, Prince, uh, one of the princes in Flash Gordon. Mm, okay. So... That was interesting, and the one thing that, uh, the, the other film that definitely, uh, got me thinking of it was, like, uh, like I had mentioned earlier, uh, Dick Tracy, because mm. the character of Lothar, uh, I had to actually double-check if that was, uh, it, 
it turns out it actually is prosthetics used on the actor tiny ron taylor's face and it's like with the way they do it it's like you could it doesn't feel like they i don't know it's just really striking are you just talking like, about the, the the massive guy that was like holding people yes and, dear god i was wondering that yeah i immediately thought of dick tracy because of like those prosthetics specifically and considering disney did both those films it kind of makes sense that they would have like similar maybe similar makeup teams attached. Wait, that guy's name was tiny ron taylor and he played this massive dude in the movie literally because he's like playing this like hulk monster dude mm-hmm. in fact his name is Ti- wow god man yeah just like i said so, this big dick tracy looking goon casting director really had a field day with that oh yeah <laughs> really has some humor there all right yeah, it's uh, it's l- definitely. L- l- let's get an actor named Tiny Man. People, the the, the audience will love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. He's working for the Nazis. <laughs> it's okay to hate him. I guess to go off of that, uh, what would you say? Like, even though you've kind of admitted that this film's kind of like on the more okay side, it's like, uh, di- what would you say was your least favorite scene? Like, just you know, like since we're on that side, it's like might as well poke fun a little bit. And... Um. I'm not going to say that this movie is bad. The chemistry was definitely off in a lot of ways. For me, I think it was probably like the first uh, dinner date scene. Honestly, I, I, I juggling between all of the romantic scenes. Um, really cliche with the dialogue. Or the scene where he's like, uh, as pretending to be the waiter and uh, yeah. trying to order her. It's like... I'm like, dude, seriously? Um, the way that ended was too forced. The entire thing was forced. I'm but that particular like, moment with the champagne and wine, it's like, uh, yeah. oh, whoops. Yeah. It's like, we did that on purpose. We, we could clearly see that. It's it, it just, it was... Um, like, I know that's a point, but it's like, come on, you can hide it better than that. Which is ironic, because for me, it leads to... Cause the, scene where he's the rocketeer in that restaurant is actually like one of my favorite moments just because of how goofy it is i'm here to save you <laughs> but i mean yeah it's just um probably honestly that the, i mean mind you there's there's quite a few scenes in this that that to me just felt completely off especially even the actually one of the scenes actually that i also really don't care for is the scene with him ruining the set and then the guy is acting like he's like the best actor and i'm like you're not you're acting like you're tough shit and 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 i'm like you even it's i don't know yeah. certain there's just certain scenes that and mind you, i'm not saying that any of the actors in this film are bad no because since this film a lot of them got better yeah. Especially Jennifer Connelly, uh, especially mm-hmm. the guy who played in um, Enough. Oh, um, yeah, Sally Campbell. Yeah, he, he definitely uh, grew as an actor, but... Um, yeah, my only... Yeah, I wish, he, I wish he did more stuff. One of the reasons why I guess I'm, this movie's not the biggest for me is because of the acting in general. Forced, very cheesy, and like I said, the dinner scenes really just... Mm-hmm. It was. It's kind of like roll your eyes worthy, with with a lot with how forced it was and the cheesiness of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. hasn't that been told like I don't know how many times? I mean, I can name several scenes as well, but, uh, several other scenes as well that I wasn't big on. But well, what was at least your favorite scene? 
honestly, probably any scene that was between him and the guy that who was helping him with his career. Yeah, uh, uh, PV. Yeah, <laughs> um, because they didn't have bad chemistry with each other. And that's mostly just like because Alan Arkin is just so good at what he does. Like honestly, yeah, the, those that and the, them testing out the rocket and and all that stuff. I mean. Except I wouldn't say bad, it's just, it's not the best, definitely. But their their relationship in this movie was tolerable, mm. to say the least. Um, or at least yeah. made it more tolerable. Yeah. I... Either either that, or, the, well, when they go into the diner scene, they're trying to get the, the, the people to admit that he's the pilot. May have been cheesy, but the way it was set up wasn't bad. Yeah, that that's probably one of the other scenes that I would probably like. That, yeah. that I that I enjoyed watching. Yeah, and definitely depending on like how much you could tolerate uh, a certain level of cheese from mm -hmm. this movie, uh, it's definitely going to be up for a lot of people to decide for themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, like, yeah, even though I did have a few cringy moments, it's like, you know, I still came out thinking it was fun. I mean, there are definitely better films out there. Uh, Captain America, Spider Man being examples of those, but um. I have never seen the new Spider-Man movies. I've only seen the one with Tobey Maguire. I feel like that's still good enough to mm -hmm. get a reference to because the first Spider-Man film, you can definitely get a sense of like, you know, the Rocketeers' heroism and cockiness, mm -hmm. especially in the hiding, uh, trying to not tell the, where the rocket is after being shoved through the ceiling a couple mm -hmm. times. That level of cheese, like kind of like that, I like where it's like, <laughs> I like cartoonish henchmen <laughs> who can, like just stuff people through the ceiling. <laughs> It's like, I missed that. I actually forgot about that scene until you mentioned it just now. To be honest with you. Where's the rocket? Should we get the rocket house? <laughs> but other than that, uh, I thought it was a fine film. Uh, definitely something to at least check out as, as a little bit of history in terms of like where Disney has been. Or... If you're yeah. looking up like comic book history, it's like to see how film adaptations have it's come. It's definitely along. tolerable, one, 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 a, a tolerable film. Yeah. Just don't have extremely high expectations for it. Is all I'm gonna say. Right. But definitely not not a bad film to just kind of sit through. Yeah, because uh, it, it does play to that sort of era of like early uh, like 1930s, 1940s, like propaganda films of like you know heroes win the day of so forth. But it's like. You know, it's it's acknowledging that it's a love letter to, like, old Hollywood. And if you look at it in that sense and an early comic book adaptation, it's like, it's fine for what it is. It's got that cheesy acting from feel from the, the, the early Hollywood movies. Um, and mind you, there's not, a, there's not a whole lot of very, very, very early Hollywood films that I actually really like. Not the best. I honestly, I probably one of my favorites... And I'm not even um, really big on the singing parts, bits of it, but probably one of my favorite early, early Hollywood films is probably A Star Is Born. Um, but that's one of the reasons why is is because of Lucille Ball, or I'm not Lucille. Is it Lucille Ball? Uh, let me check. Or no, not Lucille Ball. Um, Julie oh, Garner. Yeah, Julie Garner. Why am I calling her Lucille Ball? I don't know why. Same era. Actually, yeah, that's probably the reason why. Um, but yeah, I mean that a Star is Born is probably one of the best, and it's it, in my eyes, it's because of Judy Garland. Because I'm not gonna lie, she, as, despite the fact that she was on a serious drug addiction and she was on some serious drugs, definitely a very, very, very good actress. 
and definitely a good entertainer. Mm. But it, it, this, this, the Rocketeer definitely had, um, it definitely um, had an old Hollywood acting type of feel to it, which I, I think is, like I said, one of the reasons why I don't like most of the old, old Hollywood films, because a lot of it, the act, well, that, and um, beside the Star Wars born, there is another uh, early, and this is like a hella early Hollywood film with... Um, I just wanted to real quick point out, the mm -hmm. Julie Garner ver uh, Julie, uh, Judy Garland version uh, was 1954. Mm. But, but you were saying? Uh, actually, a movie that has the type of like cheesy, on mm -hmm. honestly off acting to it that was, in my eyes, like not the most believable, that's kind of comparable to this in, in as far as the chemistry and the acting is concerned, is French version of um, Birdcage. The acting is just like, in my eyes, you can tell it's acting stale. You can you you can tell that they're they're trying too hard. That the chemistry is yeah. just off. Um, that was and that's kind of very similar to what this movie is. But but <laughs> everyone's that actress going, "Oh my prince with thy <laughs> whatever that line was." Yeah. <laughs> I forget. But um, so yeah, there there's I think that's like I said one of the reasons why it's not my favorite Disney film is because of the fact that it's got that old Hollywood feel to it when it comes to the acting. I'm like, yeah. okay, I can't do this. For me, I think my this will definitely be a topic I want to go over. Uh, but like my feel, I feel like the my favorite oldest film is like probably like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from 1939. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. I saw it in high school government class, and I I love that film. For some reason, I'm I'm, I'm thinking Beavis and Butthead going to America. <laughs> wow, I that I think that I think that's the weirdest transition to end this episode on. Just like, wow, how do we go from Jimmy Stewart to Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> that movie title for some reason is just reminding of Beavis and Butthead go to America or whatever go to America. Beavis and Butthead uh, do America. Yeah, I just want to say for some reason it just reminded me of that title. Ah, that's been the Rocketeer, everybody. Uh, I, I'm Eric Terbell. Uh, I'm, I'm Melissa Leach. And this has been thumbs up or down. You decide, and you decide if if this transition makes any sense. <laughs> Bye.